Welcome to the Varen Bros. We are the Varen Bros. And this is issue number seven, Deathstroke Inc. number one and cloning characters. I'm gonna go ahead and introduce you to the team. Oh yeah, get ready, here we go. Varen number one. If you give him a controller, he will push your buttons. If you give him some gloves, he will knock you out. And if you ever, ever touch him in the octagon, get ready to get tapped out. I give you Young G. Know your role. All right. Our second very bro. If you have found Waldo, you already lost the game. If you're walking down the yellow brick road, you might as well be a chicken crossing the road. And if you come flying with the flying V quack, get ready to eat ice. I give you L charms. I remember when I had a laptop. Our third variant, bro. If you come with that weak summary book report, you best to do it again. If you get lost track of where you left off, get ready to get bookmarked. And if you get in trouble by Mr. Bubble, you better not come knocking on his door. I give you the professor. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I'm going to start with the what if question. If you're Deathstroke, a.k.a. Slate Wilson, who would you kill? And the kicker is, it has to be a good guy. I'll go first. If I was Deathstroke, my opponent or the person I would want to kill is the Flash. Because if you could get a shot at him, I mean, he's the quickest guy, you know, quickest guy in the world, so... If you could get him, you could get anyone. Yeah, that's a tough guy. That's a tough one to get. How about you, Young G? I'd have to say the Batman, so I could be the Batman. Just like how Slade kind of took the mask, ran with it. Oh, I don't okay. think that's how it works. No, I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> how you do it. I don't think it. if you kill Batman, you become Batman. I mean, if you... That's Santa Claus. If you take out the champion, you <laughs> that's, are the champion. That, that's Santa Claus. No, you have to get bit by Batman to be the Batman. Oh, oh I take it back. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mix it up. You know, That's my fault. But definitely you'll kill Batman. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Okay, the smartest DC guy. The best detective, you know. Yeah, best detective. Okay, okay. All right, moving on. How about you, L-Charms? Man, you guys all made the wrong choice. Yeah. You kill the Green Lantern so you can take his ring. Unlimited power. Come on, man. Yeah. You guys need to learn to dream big. Whoa. And that unlimited power comes with great responsibility. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's Marvel. Wrong universe. Wrong universe. universe. That's Marvel. That's Marvel. (laughs) Okay, how about you, Professor? Guys, the answer here is a simple one. If you got to kill a hero, obviously you're killing Superman, right? Like, what is the biggest rug, like on a rug or, you know, hung on a wall thing? You got Superman right there. You you mean a trophy? Yeah, a trophy, yeah. But I feel like Superman's probably like the easiest one to kill out of all of them. Lex Luthor will just pay you a bunch of money, give you kryptonite bullets, and there you go. You just made money and you killed like, Basically, God, because like, let's be honest, Superman is basically like God. You, you're just untouchable. Like everybody knows from now on, it's like, hey, there's a guy who killed Superman. It's like, oh damn, you know. And then mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. fact that you know you get bankrolled by Lex Luthor, so you get money. You know, you don't get money to kill Batman. It's not like you steal his credit card afterwards. Watch me. How Jordan got any money in the bank? Oh, it's got a ring. I can go open the bank. <laughs> <laughs> I can just ta- I can just take the Green Lantern ring and go open the bank myself. <laughs> whoa that's more work <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i would kill superman okay okay all good answers all good answers all right so i'm gonna kick it to 
L Charms for the comic of the week. Secret agent man, secret agent man. He's giving you one number and taking away your name. Join Deathstroke, Black Canary, as they team up alongside with a group known as Truss on the mission to capture the Queen of Hive. Will they succeed? And who are Truss and what are their intentions? You have to read Deathstroke Inc. to find out. I love it. What is going on today? <laughs> We're getting real. We're getting real. We're feeling it. We're feeling it tonight. That's all it is. All right. So, guys, what did you like about Deathstroke Inc. number one? Oh, yeah. Before we go, this is going to be heavy spoilers. Yeah. I've had it up to here today. <laughs> <laughs> what? You, you didn't like all the surprises you got tonight? Like, uh, very surprised. Front row seats. Shoot. Just just to let all the listeners know, this is being recorded in California, so make all the assumptions you want about substances. What I really liked about this comic is, to me, this felt purely like an issue number one to me. It's got a nice bit of, a little bit of action, a little bit of backstory, a little bit of intrigue. Basically, everything that you would want out of an issue one. It's got a very interesting team because everybody who knows Black Canary is... You know, usually with the Justice League, usually she's depicted as a hero. And here she is working with Deathstroke, who is definitely not always a hero and not always like a bad guy, but mostly associated with bad guys. See, I like that. The fact that it was Deathstroke and Black Canary, but I have to disagree with you. I don't think this is a number one issue. It kind of felt like I was just thrown into a story that was already happening. It felt like it was a little jarring at that point. Yeah, I had the same impression about it being, you know feeling that is not a number one issue but i think like overall I, I don't expect number one issues to be much of a origin story which is my impressions of going into number one issues but because it's dc i figured you know this would suffice as a number one issue i think it's a good first issue it does show flashbacks you know of his past i think right it was a good story overall you know to begin with i don't know too much of deathstroke and him trying to be the good guy on this storyline it's throws a you know a, a curveball on this and i do appreciate that and i do like that part you do get deathstroke's history it does cut out a couple of parts that were problematic and dc said hey we don't need to go over that again yeah mostly beat for beat his uh backstories here you get to really delve deep into the characters what i kind of like is that trust it kind of seems like a suicide squad kind of thing to me less blackmail and more hey we're gonna hunt down criminals and if they don't want to join us then they die but if they do want to join us then we're just gonna make a giant police force or something i read the comic too and i didn't get deathstroke's backstory it felt like it was too fragmented and they were just giving it to you piece by piece did i miss a page or something no it was like from the beginning and then like towards like the middle it shows just flashbacks of his you know childhood i guess and his parents and no i mean i feel like they left out something very important when they're talking about his family all the time I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know too much about Deathstroke's background. All I got from this was, hey, he doesn't like white picket fence suburbia, and they injected him with something. That's not much of a backstory. I mean, that's all that I saw in this comic. I think that's good enough to like reel you in, though. Like, oh, yeah, like, what what's going on? Thing? You know, not back at of all. His head, you know, not like... at all. As an origin story, not at all. It's just a, it's an appetizer. It's not the whole yeah. dinner yet. You know, you got to work your way in there. It's just like the the soup that they give you before the actual plate you know i mean i guess but i don't know to me it didn't hold my interest enough it just kind of felt like it was peppered in there and not really developed 
I felt was kind of a little weird is I don't really know much about Hive. So the people turning into bees thing, that was a little out of nowhere for me. But, you know, Deathstroke rolls up in there with looks like Cable's gun from Marvel vs. Capcom and just lights everybody up. I did like the body horror in this. That was fun. The whole, you know, meat suits on the floor, the whole children turning into wasp-like creatures. That was really fun to watch. So I really did enjoy that part of it. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Same here. I do really enjoy that horror part of it. It's uh, completely like towards another direction for DC. It's not that happy uh, Marvel scenes that you usually get. But I just wish like the artwork should like match that, you know, that gross tech, you know, the a bit, a bit just a little bit more, just like a little like up a notch, you know, and that would have like just nailed it. But overall, I did like, you know, how like the bees, you know, come out of it and I think because it's a mainline DC story, like it's not one of their black labels or one of their dark horses that they don't ante up the gore. It's very rare that they do, I guess, in their mainline series. Yeah, they don't want to commit too hard on that. You know, that could. That's why they got their black label series and their dark horse series. You could definitely tell that this um, this is a little more of a horror kind of. At least it's leaning that way for right now. Yeah, I think it's cheesy, campy, just like a cheesy, campy kind of horror. Like the old school, like even the paper it's printed on to me feels like it was lower quality paper. When I first touched it, I was like, wow, this feels like an old comic. And then at the end of the of the book, you get a scene where it's like coming soon in Deathstroke Inc. Or yeah, I got it right. Deathstroke Inc. number two or in the future of Deathstroke Inc. It just kind of feels like that campy, that campy feeling like, oh, we're supposed to feel like it's an old school comic, I guess, or even an old school series. Yeah, definitely. I got that vibe as well as you guys said like the body horror is very interesting in this because like i said I've, I've never seen anything like this in a dc book that i've read and that guy with the face of a beehive and the spigot coming out of his chest that was that was radical <laughs> that was awesome I, yeah i, re- I really yeah. like that scene right yeah there. i really like that that if anything redeems that com- this comic it's that right there just the creativity and body horror that, that was given just totally twisted it there like yeah i really enjoyed that part very much what I want to know is why they're using Batman stuff. Like, is Batman no longer around? Or did they buy this stuff off of Batman? Or are they recreating Batman gadgets? Deathstroke is Batman. Deathstroke was Batman at one time. Well, isn't... Does he still have access to the Batcave? No, I was going to say, isn't uh, Toymaker 2.0 like hired by Bruce Wayne or something? Because they pay her to switch sides. They did say something like that in the comic book, but I'm not entirely sure. I just don't remember her actual name. I just remember they referred to her as Toymaker 2.0. Um, I thought that was a guy. Wasn't the guy Toymaker 2.0? Quick pause while we read the uh, book here. <clears throat> it is a dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is a dude. My bad. More to, I guess, sum up the book. You can definitely see the uh, James Tinian effect all over DC now because uh, James Tinian, although he has nothing to do with this particular issue, he is doing a lot for DC at the moment. A lot of this gore, grotesque horror stuff is definitely um, in line with that. I mean, yeah, but there's no cliffhanger. There's no suspense. That's kind of what Tinian's thing is. At the end of the book, you get that suspense feeling like, oh, what's going to happen next? To me, this was like, eh, I can take it or leave it. Okay, what we didn't like about Deathstroke Inc. I already mentioned one of my things that I kind of felt like I was cheated out when I felt the quality of the paper. That's just me, though. That's like one of those things I'm like, I don't know if it's because they're trying to do it that way or because they had a bad supplier or did I just get a bad batch? No, I mean, it's the same paper quality. It does feel like it, I don't know, not your typical DC no, your paper quality feel, Your paper pages. feels better than mine. 
Well, maybe because it's like a different variant comic book. I I, I feel that professor feel the has same one that the professor has, and then nah, the professor feels slick. There's a difference. I feel a difference at least between the regular and the variant. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Check check your your copy with my copy then. But that that's something I didn't like. the The other thing is I I guess it kind of feels like an old school comic. I mean, it's fun and all, but backing up to like an old school comic as your gimmick, I don't know. It's not really my thing. What I didn't enjoy about this comic, it is, like I said, just kind of basic. You know, there's not really anything like super, super exciting or super, you know, anything. It's just kind of, like I said, to me, this felt like the most, like an issue one, you know, like it was just, here's the basic thing. You know, I hope you guys come back next week and find out what happens next. That That's to me, it was just a little basic for my liking. Uh, something else I didn't like is I can like I said I've already mentioned it before I felt like we got thrown right into the middle of a story and we didn't really get to catch up definitely in this issue one there's already a reference to another comic right off the the bat like within the first three or four pages there's already a, a reference to another comic and it's doing the thing where it's trying to get you to buy the next comic by showing you scenes from the comics that are coming up like it literally put a trailer in the comic so those are the kind of things I didn't really like but if it works, it works. Give you Back to the Future Part 2, you know? Exactly. Put in the trailer to Part 3 at the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly, man. That's exactly <laughs> what they did. Oh, for me, like in the middle, between like liking the enemy and disliking her, uh, the Queen Bee, what's her name? Hive. The Hive, the, que- the Queen of Hive. Queen of Hive, okay, let's go with that. I don't know, I think like, like bees and honey, like being, you know, the weapons, I guess. Between the storyline, I don't know, that's kind of out there and they try to make it work. I mean, it did work. I don't know. I just wished it would have like had some other type of enemy that probably had like better qualities, I should say. I'm just going to say, you do know the bees are not actual bees, right? They're microscopic robots and the honey is not actual honey. It's nanobites. Oh, yeah, that's right. DC is known for having kind of some wacky villains. I mean, they have a guy called Condiment King. He attacks you with like ketchup and mustard. Oh my god. So oh my god, I don't know that character. <laughs> <laughs> so bees and honey is not the, the worst thing. I thought you were gonna say calendar, man. I mean that's kind oh, of that's that's true, like a yeah. lame, just a lame <laughs> villain right there. How are you gonna kill me? I don't know, but I'll to let you know when. Like, <laughs> let me pull out my calendar, pencil you in. Yeah. <laughs> Very organized calendar man, yeah. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, I don't know anything about calendar man. I'm just basing it off what his name is. <laughs> okay, wrapping it up. We're going to give our grade and give our thoughts on it. I'll go first. Again, this is Deathstroke Inc. number one. For me, this is, I agree, this is a good issue number one. I do like how there's flashbacks. There's just little hints of it that you could just, you know, grab on and hopefully they explain more later down the road. I do like how Deathstroke had that Gatling gun, you know, shooting, you know, at the uh, bad guys and the zombies, I guess. That comes out with like uh, dead skins and all that good stuff. That was pretty dope. I do like that. I was psyched about that. I do like how they have the creepy scenes when they show the, I guess, the husband with all the honey coming out of him. That was pretty wicked. I do like that part. Overall, I did enjoy this this issue number one. It was entertaining, I should say, overall. And based off of that, I might give it a cowabunga. All right, so I'm going to pass it on to Young G. Yeah, so my opinions on Deathstroke Inc., I'd have to say I'd, I'd give it a 6. And that's because 
I, I do like how it it's committing to what it what it wants to be into an identity, but it doesn't have my interest to like picking up the second issue. Overall, as the first issue, it does fairly well, but it's just, I guess I'm not too invested in the character. And, you know, that kind of like, I guess, killed it for me to start reading the next one. So overall, I give it a six. Okay. Six is bad, right? No, it's good. Okay. No, it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right. So Deathstroke lucked out from Young G. Moving on to L Charms. No, this is going to the trash pile for me. This is definitely not for me. I didn't really like it. I, the only things I did like was the body horror and the team up between Deathstroke and Black Canary. And that's about it. Toy Man 2.0 or Toy Maker 2.0 is pretty cool. I really enjoyed that, but it's not enough to hold my attention. So I'm just going to put it in the trash pile. It feels like an old school comic. It's just not for me. And it's, I like cheesy movies. I just don't like cheese in my comics. Okay. Okay. I guess Deathstroke lucked out on this one. How about you, Professor? Alright, for me, I generally like this comic. I'm going to give it about a C. You know, like I said, it's nothing new. It's nothing old. I do like some of the characters. I love Black Canary. I love Deathstroke. As my variant brothers mentioned before, it's great to see him shooting people up and the whole zombies, the horror aesthetic. That was nice. I do like also the new character, uh, Juliet Ballantyne, the director of Trust. You can obviously tell that she's kind of shady, you know, a whole Amanda Waller kind of thing. I love at the end where she's just like, all right, now who we're going after? And you see like all these villains, you know, you see Sinestro, Ultra Humanite, Lex Luthor, the Joker, Black Manta, on and on and on. I really like the potential where this is going. But again, this issue by itself didn't really reinvent the wheel in any way. It's just a basic story. So I'm going to give it a C. Okay, moving on to our second variant pick of the week so i'll go first my pal is miss marvel this one's a trade back this one has issues one through five and this was by uh, willow wilson as the writer and the artist is adrian alfona so this one kamala khan aka miss marvel struggles to fit in in the real world whether it's being a regular teenager in high school or being as miss marvel trying to save the world her first uh, a couple of appearances as the superhero was literally miss marvel like the original Miss Marvel, tall, blonde hair, and all fit. Right off the bat, she was not reflecting her own identity as Miss Marvel, but eventually overcame it and became her true self as a superhero. And kudos to that fanny pack when she, you know, reflect her own identity. I like that because I have a fanny pack of my own. Overall, on this issues, I was still skeptical on how she got her powers. At first, I thought it was like a just a dream how she became Miss Marvel. I wish they would have gone got into like a different route or direction on how she became Miss Marvel. I'm not going to, you know, go into details or spoil it for you guys. But if you guys were, you know, to read this, that's something that I wish they would have done differently. I do like how she is still learning her powers and abilities and tries to, you know, control her metamorph, uh, meaning being able to change shape and form. To me, she's like a mix of Mr. Fantastic, Ant-Man, and Mystique. I mean, you know, she could stretch. She could, you know, become small, tiny, or like large. She could, you know, tra uh, transform into like anybody. You know, she did that a few times. Also, this series has some powerful stuff. I can see myself relate to Kamala trying to fit in, you know, with the crowd at school or trying to figure out her own identity. In her case, it's uh, Miss Marvel. And sometimes it could be challenging, you know, the struggle is real. Overall, this was a great story. It has real teenager problems that we can all relate to. And this is a great gem overall. I highly recommend picking this up off the shelves if you could get it. And not only that, but this will be on Disney Plus pretty soon. So, you know, keep an eye on that. 
We'll move on to Young G. For my pal, I picked Gun Honey. It's about this character named Joanna Tan. She has skills that agencies see and recognize as an essential to their affiliation. Definitely a character you want on your side of the field. And overall, the comic itself, it's a blistering, burning house of a narrative. I couldn't turn these pages fast enough. Literally, I could not because of the bubbles. And these quotes that I just finished saying are written on the back of this book. And that's how you know it's good. You got other people saying that with me. Overall, yeah, I give it an 8 out of 10. I'm sorry for plagiarizing, but I had to do it. <laughs> not mad, not mad at that. All right. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, moving on to L Charms. My pick of the week for this week is Mighty Morphin Volume 1 by Ryan Parrott, Marco Renaga, or oh, I'm sorry, Marco Renga, and Walter Biamonte. The teenagers with attitudes are back. You remember the TV show. Now get on that nostalgia train. Join the Rangers as they deal with the new Lord Zed, his new and improved putties, and a new Green Ranger. So the reason I like this, straight up, the nostalgia. It was great. It brought me back. Next thing, it's a great jumping on point. So they just finished the last series of Power Rangers, and they just renumbered and restarted on this one. So it's a good jumping on point. And it's a fun story. You get to see some really cool stuff. You get to see some really cool putties, some really cool new looking putties. It's just a fun story. Get on that nostalgia train. Join me on it. It's really good. You get a uh, comics number one through four with this one. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I love I, it. Damn, I need to read a Power Ranger comic. Shoot, brings back memories. All right, moving on to the professor. What's your pal? All right, guys. Uh, my pick of the week comes from Boone Comics. It's called Eve by Victor Laval or Victor Lavalle and Joe Mi Gyeong. The story of Eve starts out, you know, she's living kind of an ideal life for a vault dweller in a post-apocalyptic society with her father. Just having dinner one day, wanting to see the city of New Orleans. You know, he pulls up a uh, digital version because the real version of New Orleans is underwater. Oops. And uh, halfway through the comic, you realize that she's actually been in a pod this whole time, all her 11 years. Who put her in the pod? And for what purpose? Where is her father in reality? And how does this android, who's disguised as a bear that she had as a child, fit into the story? You're going to have to read Eve to find out. I'm getting some Fallout vibes from this one. Very much so. Very much so. Lots of, uh, well, apocalypse in here. <laughs> awesome. Cool, cool. All right. Moving on to our third variant, which is State of Today, cloning characters. And what I mean by cloning characters, I mean like... Donatello, Raphael, Michelangelo. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, guys. Not just staying kidding. in. Not staying in. <laughs> All right. So what I mean by cloning, cloning characters, this is for real, is uh, Green Arrow and Hawkeye, Batman and Moon Knight, and Doctor Fate and Doctor Strange. That type of cloning characters. Gotcha. All right, guys. So going to you know heavy uh, discussion on this so you know stay tight all right so really quickly he's already mentioned a couple of characters so one of the biggest things we we have not against this but just a dislike it feels very lazy like oh you need to create a new character hmm, what does dc have oh dc's got green arrow let's make a guy who can shoot arrows and call him hawkeye i mean that was just kind of a lazy lazy transfer over on top of that you know, we did get some funny stuff, though. We got to see all the trick arrows. Bomb arrow. Arrow with a punching glove. Arrow with a net. 
arrow that explodes. So there are some benefits to doing this this crossover of characters or this transfer of cloning characters. Okay, sorry, I was just making sure to see uh, who came first. If it was Hawkeye or Green Arrow. I but, took a guess. Yeah. Green Arrow came first. Sweet. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, uh, it, it's a very strange kind of, very lazy, unoriginal kind of thing between Marvel and DC. You know, each one steals from each other, trying to one-up each other. Like, Namor and Aquaman. Namor, technically first, Prince of Atlantis. And then Aquaman, Grace the Pages of DC later on. Also um, came from Atlantis, too. Like, so yeah. not only did they steal Aquaman, they stole his land. I mean, they, they steal the, yeah, Namor, they, they stole his whole city. Yeah, so it's, yeah, very unoriginal. I just... I mean, I understand back in the days, you know, like, oh, we're going to try to do it better. You know, we're going to try to, I guess, build it and they will come. But yeah, they're trying to do a one up. But I feel like you, you kind of stagnate yourself when you do those things. Like you stop your creative juices. What if we kept going and like, oh, we got Spider-Man. What, what are we going to bring? Oh, man, spider. Like literally, that's what they're, they were kind of going with at that time. Oh, we got Namor. Now nah, let me bring Aquaman. Actually, Spider-Man does have a um, doppelganger over there in the DC universe called Black Spider. He's just evil Spider-Man, which is basically just like really, it's just plagiarism. <laughs> it's just, you know, you just take a character and you're just like, all right, we're going to make him evil if he's evil or if he's good over there, we're going to make him evil over here or vice versa. So it's just like, it's not really, you know, it, it's very unoriginal to, to be doing stuff like that. Like we all know uh, Deathstroke and Deadpool very much kind of clones of each other the costumes are kind of the same you have slade wilson as a uh, deathstroke which we just covered and then deadpool is a uh, wade wilson yeah but i think that kind of trenches into different territory at that point we're talking about parodies yes it's still a clone but it's they're trying to create a parody of you know slade wilson and the whole deathstroke he's like this very serious character and brooding and oh yeah i'm an assassin and then you have Deadpool, who's more lighthearted, breaking the fourth wall, doing a comedy shtick. So it's a, that's more of a parody, than, I would say, than a clone. Okay, okay. How about, like, Catwoman and Black Cat? I mean, same name, same color schemes. Yeah, that was, like, a direct, like, <laughs> rip-off, man. But they did give, I guess, I'm going to assume Catwoman came first. Just put that one out there as a guess. Catwoman came first and Black Cat, because... Doesn't she have, like, super soldier powers? If I'm not mistaken, she has a version of the super soldier serum. You, you don't know? I don't know. Oh. We'll have the professor write on that. <laughs> no, if I, if I remember correctly from the, the Spider-Man TV show in the 90s with that awesome guitar intro as a, as, a, as a theme song, yeah, she has super soldier powers. Okay, final verdict. Catwoman came first 30 years earlier. I'm two for two, guys. Wow. I'm two for two on guessing. <laughs> Throw me another one. Throw me another one. <laughs> <laughs> this kind of thing is just like very, it happens a lot, you know, and it's just like, it's very unfortunate because as Elcharm said, it does kind of like stagnate you a little bit. You're just kind of like, you know, redoing stories that somebody else already told. Plagiarism, basically, like you're just stealing another person's property and trying to make it as profitable for you as you can. Now, is it plagiarism if the artist who worked on it in the DC line came and brought it to the Marvel line? Because they do go back and forth sometimes. Like artists that work in DC work in Marvel, artists that work in Marvel will go back to DC. And so they might carry over some other characters or character traits because either it's their creation and they like it. And, you know, due to contracting, they can't bring. I'm not saying this is what happened with Catwoman, but I'm going to use this as an example. Mm. Like. They can't bring Catwoman into the DC unit or into the Marvel universe because of licensing and contracting. But they're like, oh, I really like this character. Let me make a, you know, clone for Marvel. 
Black Cat. Really, was that 30 years though? It was 30 years. Dang. It was, uh, yeah. Catwoman came out in the 1940s. Black Cat came out in 79. Wow. So almost 40 years, actually. So I really don't think that the original artist. Oh, yeah. yeah. De- de- definitely not. <laughs> definitely not. But, but yeah, is it plagiarism if they're doing that? You know, legally, I can't say yes <laughs> because obviously the they got away with man, it. PhD over here. They got away with it. You know, that's how that's how they skirt around these things. But you know, there's enough similarities to where you know it's you can say it's it's kind of like copying without totally copying. Like, hey, you know, just uh, change your answers a bit. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. To to make sure that you know they don't think that we copied off each other. But I mean, I think the biggest person who has the most amount of clones has to be Superman. Without a doubt, because in a way he was almost like the originator, mm. you know, and, uh, you know, Superman can do anything. So how do you copy a guy who can do everything? You know, you make a couple different versions of him because Superman comes out with a new power, you know, <laughs> and, uh, oh, look at that. Another Superman in the Marvel Universe because, you know, you have Hyperion and then you have Sentry, which are the two most popular ones in Marvel that basically superhuman strength, superhuman speed, all that. The senses, the brokenness. Yeah, you then you got Omni Man in, in Invincible, and you got oh the guy from the boys, what's his name? Homelander? Homelander from the boys. They're all the same Superman character, just you know, g- give him a little twist. Homelander is crazy. <laughs> was that a Brightburn movie too? I haven't that watched kid? that one. I wanted to though. <laughs> Man, I saw a scene from it the other day. It was really creepy. It was really creepy. Scary Superman. I like it. I mean, here's a thought. I mean, DC, Marvel, they basically brought the game, you know, into the comic book world industry. I mean, they have plenty of time to make their own characters. Like, why would they have to rip off one another when they have plenty of time, you know, to create brand new characters from the get-go? You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, and yeah, that is like kind of lazy of them, like to go bounce off, you know, their characters and recreate it. You know, that's it's like, come on, man. Like, you have plenty of time to build new characters and new abilities and new costumes and. And at the same time, it's kind of, you're banking on that original character's popularity. Like, Namor's popular. How am I going to make, you know, money off of Namor if I'm over here in DC? I'm going to have to make my own. And you're just kind of hoping that some of that audience from Namor gravitates over to Aquaman. Or some of that audience from Black Cat, no, Black, uh, Catwoman gravitates oh. towards <laughs> towards Black Cat. Get confused already. Amen. <laughs> Put them side by side. Yeah, right? <laughs> they actually look pretty yeah. similar in their character in their character design, but I think the professor said it best. The ones who look almost identical has to be Deadpool and Deathstroke. Yeah, and um, I guess that's another reason why you could kind of be, I don't know, in a short amount of words to like rip off a character. You know, uh, parody would be a reason to kind of make fun of the other corporation for, you know, being so stiff and humorless or for just... You know, not seeing the full potential of their character. Because as El Charm said earlier, with uh, Deathstroke and Deadpool, Deathstroke is very serious to the point. And Deadpool is no slouch in a fight either. You know, he's just as good with a bunch of different weapons, but he's also, you know, more relaxed. Well, I mean, you know, as far as relaxed as he can be with breaking the fourth wall and talking directly to us and, you know, killing the whole Marvel Universe a couple of times. Another character I could think of is Man Thing and Swap Thing, you know, mm-hmm. similar, almost similar names, similar, very similar, you know, characters, you know, parents, both, you know, grew up in the swamp. One kind of looks like more human-like than the mm-hmm. other, but I mean, still, that's something that's 
basically for sure someone ripped off oh yeah you definitely. know yes. <laughs> someone there you know? say like, yeah just change it a little bit you know yeah you're, you're swamp thing i'll be man thing you know? <laughs> we got this we got this it's no. like two twins needed a job and they're like hey <laughs> <laughs> two twins i guarantee you it's the same guy in different makeup just like oh it's like we're in dc i'll be man thing yeah. uh, no swamp thing oh we're in marvel i'll be man thing you know it's just the same character but i think you you brought up a good point that while some of them are parodies of each other. I think it also kind of speaks volumes of the publishers themselves. Like, for example, if I want to go and read a lighthearted story full of action, I'm definitely going to go pick up a Marvel comic. I'm not going to go pick up a DC Mm -hmm. comic, but if I want to read like, you know, a darker comic with a little, a little more story driven, then yeah, I'm going to go pick a DC comic. Just a little bit of a history. Uh, Man thing came first by about three months. Wow. Really? Three months. They have someone from the inside. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when studios make uh, Bugs Life versus Ants, you know? Oh, like, <laughs> what was that? Was that like a couple of months off too? Yeah. That's oh, ridiculous, man. You know, that's what it comes down to. You know, you have a competing studio and you're like, oh, we have this person and we're going to make it better than you. Or you have that person that we really want. Like l said, we're trying to steal their following. But sometimes um, it can happen where you get kind of like a rejuvenation of a character it's just like, oh, because, you know, DC put out this superhero, maybe our superhero can see some more popularity. You know, oh, we're going to make a new storyline. We're going to make them great. And people are going to actually care about them a little more than they would have normally. Yeah, that that's definitely true that you're just literally trying to profit off. Like you said, someone else is back. And, you know, the good thing is interpretation. That's kind of where the line is drawn, where Marvel will interpreta- interpret a certain character a certain way. DC goes around and turns it on its head and gives it a different style of interpretation. So while there are those similarities, there still are those differences that maybe you don't like. Like, personally, I'm not a big fan of Deathstroke. He's cool in the comic books. He's cool in the video games. But his character, like, it doesn't really ca- attract me. It's like, he it doesn't catch my attention. I'm like, yeah, he's pretty cool. But give me a Deadpool. And I'm like, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll, I'll definitely watch a Deadpool movie over a Deathstroke movie. Yeah, I mean, I just uh, remember Deathstroke as the original villain from teen titans so i was like man deathstroke is so cool but then you know you but, grow up and but was it really deathstroke like it really <laughs> like, was it really deathstroke listen he 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 was his name was slade and he had the black and orange we're calling him deathstroke without calling him deathstroke so um you know i thought he was pretty cool but you know then you grow up and you realize that that's not really in any of the comics and that's not that's a completely separate universe so there's that but yeah i mean I do think DC does that better, though. Their their animation, like their animated universe is definitely on point. 100%. Yeah. But, you know, you look at some characters like Green Arrow and Hawkeye, and you're just like, Hawkeye is definitely the better of the two, right? Like, I don't know. I might go Green Arrow on that one. Really? Yeah. Did you see the Green Arrow DC show? No, I was just going to say, I like the color green. Like, uh, I like no, the color yeah, green, yeah. man. That's I'm going more, straight up. Leaning towards Professor, the Hawkeye. Yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah. Hey, man, kind does, of better to does Hawkeye have a boxing glove arrow? Yeah, no. I think he might. He I could make know. one. Yeah, I Because <laughs> his are all explosives. That's why he, he's got more things to deal with. So yeah. overall, would everyone agree that even though, I guess, cloning is considered lazy and unoriginal, it benefits the comic book community overall? Like you're saying, like, as an overall, like, not individual character by character. You mean yeah, if we look at it from abroad, we go, oh, you know, I like the idea that there's clones, I guess, between companies of a character. There's a character that does the same thing in each. If you look at it from, like, a universal perspective, I guess you could say yes. Um, it's kind of the whole 
you know, competition makes, you know, each other better, you know, like because there is, you know, a Moon Knight and a Batman, you know, Batman comics have to be, you know, have to have a certain standard above, you know, to, to remain above a Moon Knight comic, you know, Moon Knight has obviously got to keep pushing the pace in order to become more famous than Batman, which some people might prefer Batman, some people might prefer Moon Knight, but like I said, that competition drives the stories, supposedly, uh, into better and better places. Whereas if you just had Batman, you know, he could get lazy and, you know, just, you know, there could be a comic of Batman walking around Gotham City one day, you know, and uh, nobody can really challenge him. I mean, I have to say that I feel like Batman has gotten a little lazy over the years. Like his comic has gotten, I think it needs a little revamp. And I think they did the right thing with going with Future State Gotham and bringing that new Batman in. Kind of bummed out that it's all in black and white. That's the only thing that stops me from buying it. Like if, if I can buy that. At three ninety nine, I can buy a full color spawn at two ninety nine. Oh no, definitely. I guess I kind of agree, but there's just so many Batman comics mm-hmm. that you know. Even if you don't like one, you'd like another. Like there's yeah. Batman eighty nine. You know, there's this uh, whole storyline that uh, Batman went to England. You know, and he was Batman there for a while. So it's just like, man, Batman's cloning himself inside the DC <laughs> universe. <laughs> Batman's just doing a whole bunch of different things, and uh, you know. But but to answer Young G's question, I think I think you might be right. I think it does benefit the comic books industry on a broad level because how many of these clones we know exist versus how many clones that we don't know exist. Like for example, if I were to tell you, what's the one we saw here? Captain America and Guardian. Yeah, there you go, Captain America and Guardian. I'm like, I don't know who the Guardian is, but I'm looking at their character models right here, and they're pretty similar. I mean, the color scheme sucks, but they're pretty similar. <laughs> The man with a shield. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, except one, I think, protects like upstate New York and then the other one protects, you know, America, I guess. So same thing with Superman and Hyperion. I don't know who Hyperion is, but I do know who Superman is. So I think it does benefit like, at the end. There's very few characters that exist on both sides that are parodies or that are clones of each other that are still popular. I feel like there's so many, so many clones that got lost to time just because they were unpopular or they didn't, you know, make it. Like, same thing with, like, Submariner and Aquaman. Like, I guess that Submariner came first. I'm like, yeah, I guess. You know, DC's a little older, so I'm, I'm going to assume that they came first. But I know Aquaman. I don't know Submariner. Submariner's from Marvel. <laughs> yeah. And he came first. Um, but what about you, Yangji? What are, what are your thoughts? Do you think that having these clones increases competition? Is it better for everybody? Is it better for the readers? Or is it just better for the companies? I think it's really good. I think it's needed in terms of... Uh, having two companies at least like these two big companies you know just kind of dictating where the industry goes i think without it it's not it's not gonna do its justice it's not gonna really i guess put in the effort of like trying to compete with others or also just be like a monopoly like oh you know there's a character that flies over here and who's strong like superman i'm just gonna go over there and then without marvel trying or at least they attempted to make a superman character try to attract people then that reader could be like oh you know i like the way marvel has their storytelling as you guys mentioned before I'm going to go over there and really learn more about their Superman character. So I think having that unoriginal idea uh, by cloning a character is something that they needed to do. It's like it's it goes without saying. It's like a necessary thing they have to do. Yeah, it's essential. It's like if you have a Ryu, you have to have a Ken. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quick shot some, some of these right now and you tell me who you prefer. Quick Flash or Flash? Uh, quick Silver or Flash? Quick Silver. Flash. Not Flash. I just think that Flash is too... Well, I mean, I guess it's just DC Syndrome, but I just feel like he's just too overpowered. You no, know, you know it's, it's way too much I, just for a speedster. I changed my mind quicksilver. Flash is overrated. 
Oh, you're right. Haters, right. haters, haters can be hating. <laughs> That's all it is. Next. Falcon or Hawkman? Who's Hawkman? There you go. Falcon, <laughs> Falcon just took the. That Hawkman one. is the the guy. He has like a mace. You know, he wears oh, like the wings. Oh yeah, he's like a stork, huh? Yeah. Okay. okay. Oh, he's okay. like a stork. <laughs> Did you say he ain't gonna deliver a baby to you, man? Oh my bad. I mean, parents wise, I probably go for Hawk. Hawk Hawkman. Yeah, Hawk definitely Man, looks better. But um, I don't know his story that well. Like it's very looks confusing. Cool. He looks very cool, but I don't know. Get your history right, man. We already mentioned this one: Black Cat or Black or Black Cat or Catwoman. Black Cat. Give me Felicia. Catwoman. Really? Yeah. Wow. Oh. Interesting. Oh, he just says that because of Michelle Pfeiffer. What? Yeah, that's well, a good movie. She was a good she, actress in that. Catwoman. The best the, Catwoman. The, the, the Tim Woman. The Tim Burton one. Yeah, right? yeah, Tim, yeah, Burton. Tim Burton with the penguin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Michelle okay, Pfeiffer. Yeah. Go yeah. check it out if you haven't. Now, we, we haven't had a black cat rendition on screen, have we? Anne Hathaway. Uh, oh, no, black no, no, cat. No, no, sorry, black, black cat. Woman. Black sorry, black cat. Sorry, uh, no. No, right? No. no. You're not a Catwoman fan. I'm not. I'm just saying black cat. Yeah. Okay, next. I'm going to go with the black cat. Just for uh, Felicia Day. Capcom, yeah, you know. They oh, also have man. a Felicia, <laughs> who's also a cat, <laughs> you know, hero. All right, all right, right. Thanos or Darkseid? Thanos, all the way. Who do I prefer more as like a, as like a villain? Yeah, who do you think was a better villain out of those two, Thanos or Darkseid? Thanos, thank you. I think Thanos is a better villain now. At least the way he's depicted in the, in the MCU. In the comic books, I know he's not like that great, but... I literally don't know anything about Darkseid in the comics. So, okay. uh, what about from the animated universe? Uh, Darkseid is pretty OP, but I mean, yeah, I'm. He's just trying to enslave all the human race. So, I mean, or not just the human race, but like every living creature. So, it's not very compelling. Okay. Yeah, Thanos. If you say Darkseid, then you're just trying to impress somebody. <laughs> <laughs> all right, last one, last one, and the most popular clones: Deathstroke or Deadpool. I'm going to have to go with Deathstroke. I'm going to go with Deadpool. See, they're next to you, old Chimes? Deadpool. Yeah, I'm going with Deadpool on that one, too. I just think he's a better character. No, uh, maybe no, maybe not, at the, not at the beginning. Like, he wasn't the best character at the beginning, but he's developed into a better character. It's just Deathstroke is the person who I've known longer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I get more excited when I hear stuff is coming out about Deathstroke and Deadpool just because of the history that I have with the character. Like I said, with the Teen Titan show, you know, you saw him in uh, one of the Arkham games. Yeah. yeah, it was actually really good in that Arkham game. I'll yeah. give you that one. And then, you know, even now, I guess like they're doing like a Batman Deathstroke movie, right? With uh, Joe Maggiano as Deathstroke. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. So I'm very excited about that. There's a new Batman movie that's coming out with... Uh, Not Robert with Robert Pat- Patterson. Okay, so another, another one, one after that? Yeah. Okay. You know, Batman is 70% of DC comics and uh, 70% of DC movies. So. 70%, yeah. More like more like 90, man. Have you been to your comic book store? There's like a whole rack just for Batman. There is Batman. a it's whole ridiculous. rack just for Batman comics. And he's getting more comics. What's this like? If you go into the Destro comics. The DC first three versus, commercials. Yeah, DC versus vampires. It's Batman right there. Next one is like... Task Force Z, there it is, another Batman comic. You got Red Hood in that one, and um, Azrael. And what's the le- the next one? Batman the Imposter. That's another complaint about about uh, mainstream comics. Too many ads. We'll uh, we'll be tackling that one shortly. Uh, one other thing I want to mention. What about like within their own company, like characters? Um, you mean like Flash, Kid Flash, kind of things? Uh, no, like I'll say like um, top of my mind, probably pops up is like let's say Sabretooth and uh, Manhunter. They're kind of similar. Like, they both hunt. They both... Which I think that's what it's called, right? 
Manhunter? I hope I'm saying it right. From, wait, wait, is he an X Men? Spider-Man. Craven, Craven the Hunter. The Hunter? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that. I'm like, no, I think you're thinking of Craven, man. Yeah, you guys passed the test. I love it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Craven are, the are Hunter they and Sabretooth. I think. I never. I don't know. Maybe, I picture yeah. it. I mean, they're furry. I think their their character models are the same, but I don't know. If, I don't think Craven the Hunter's got like beast DNA or. I don't think so either. I think he's just like a person who's obsessed with hunting. Whereas, what's the other one? Sabretooth. Sabretooth, sorry. He's actually kind of like a feral beast I, I think if anyone's a clone of Sabretooth, it's wolverine and Sabretooth. like they're a little more more similar than yeah than I thought that's where you're yeah gonna but go. that's like the same like i thought he was gonna say what he said in the team. beginning donatello and Raphael. <laughs> <laughs> like, i thought that's where he was that's gonna pretty take a good it. one that's a pretty good one <laughs> I thought that's where he's no, gonna no, take no. it but i mean i'm saying like that's just an example but i'm sure well, like think, there's other characters better, you might you know yeah i was gonna say a better example might be like for example spider-man and spider-gwen they have very similar powers. They're clones of each other, or not clones of each other, or maybe Spider-Man and Scarlet Spider. They're literal clones of each other. <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to go that deep, but like, I mean, that's like the same like series or like, I'm talking about like at one different storyline, I guess. Yeah, at one point, Scarlet Spider had his own storyline. That's true. Yeah, that's true. He was actually one of the people who ends up maiming Ven- or Carnage for a very long time. Well, um... Mad D about those two in particular. I guess one of the benefits is that you could take them in two different ways, you know, like sure they're both kind of villains, but you know, Craven, like I said, is like a hunter of animals and you know I guess because he's like such a Spider Man villain, like you don't really get to see him do that much like killing and stuff like that. Like, you know, Spider Man kinda of stops him, but Sabretooth is more feral and vicious and, you know, mm-hmm. more likely to attack people. So it's just like it's a more darker version of the character. So it does benefit in that we got to keep Craven in this little box because he's got to fight Spider-Man. And watching him decapitate an elephant is not going to be good for the Spider-Man comic book sales, you know. But yeah. Sabretooth attacking, like, you know, a couple of people in the town and biting somebody's arm off, like, that's what he's supposed to do. Definitely, I would think um, Craven the Hunter would hunt Sabretooth. 100%. Yeah, 100%. You'd mm. go actually hunting for Sabretooth. And I kind of want to see that. Hey, Marvel, hook it up. Yeah, right. <laughs> give, me, give me that versus Craven the Hunter versus, uh, Sabretooth. versus Sabretooth. But I guess, oh, another one. Actually, Maddy, you mentioned it earlier. Is uh, Kamala Khan and Reed Richards. They're both you know, oh, stretchy yeah. people. Stretchy people. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. Um, Is that what you're going for? Like the direction? Yeah, you can uh, say that, clone? sure. Uh, I don't know. In terms of like cloning within the unit, like the same company. Well, well, at that point, we could also bring in like Ironheart and, and Iron, Iron Man. Man. Yeah. And Iron Lad. And Iron Lad, your favorite Iron person. Mm. Iron Lad. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mad D has a tattoo of Iron Lad. Yeah. Right across his chest. Yikes. We're talking Ooh. about like, we're talking Man. about like a good foot by a good foot across <laughs> center of his chest. Right above the flying sphinx. Mm, all right, above the flying sphinx. <laughs> oh my god, no way. He actually, if, you, if he puts his fingers together, he has Iron Lad written on him. <laughs> uh, no, no, but I mean, that's not what you're talking about, right? Not like not like that, or like Miles Morales and Spider-Man. We're not talking about no, that, No, right? no, we're not talking about like, yeah, like, I think that, like that. I think that's like a different different topic for a different Yeah, topic. yeah. yeah. Give, but, give me one more example. Um, okay. They're not great examples. I was going to say, what about the example that was given in Falcon say, and the Winter Soldier? So you had Captain America, and then you had, uh, what's his name? U.S. Agent. Actually, that was, that was a good one right there. Captain America oh. and U.S. Agent. That's not what I was going for, but <laughs> okay. that, that, that works. Definitely <laughs> works. Captain America and U.S. Agent. 
Is that kind of what you were going for? Or like Hulk and Thing? Yeah, I, I imagine something like that. Hulk and Thing. No, well, Hulk and... Oh, yeah, they are in the well, same yeah, universe. I'll yeah, I'll say yeah, some yeah. same universe, yeah. Yeah, Hulk and Thing. Characters Hulk and thing. like that. Yeah. Strong I'm guys. I'm taking the Hulk. Strong man. guys, yeah. Oh, Hulk all the way. Yeah, but yeah. Colossus and Juggernaut. Oh, hmm. well, there was a time hmm. where they, Colossus wore the Juggernaut suit. Yeah, and that was, was amazing. Super OP after that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what happens when you have the power of a god on your side. Yeah, cheating. <laughs> <laughs> that's cheating, man. You got divine power. That's just cheating. But yeah, that that's all. That's all I was like saying. Like, um, you know, actually, now that I come to think about it, a website that we saw listed Zatanna and uh, Scarlet Witch as mm-hmm. kind of clones. But now that I think about it, wouldn't Raven be a better? comparison to scarlet witch oh yeah definitely why wasn't that on the oh movie? yeah, yeah. Ra- raven and scarlet witch would have been definitely like they're kind of similar right yeah. chaos magic yeah. and uh i guess now we have to see who came first i'm going to say it was scarlet witch yeah definitely scarlet witch okay raven came out october 1980 oh chances are looking good here mm-hmm. i'm gonna go buy a lotto ticket if i get this one right oh scarlet witch 1964 scarlet witch wins Scarlet Witch came first. Yeah, yeah, I got that one right. You scared me for Very a second. Nice. <laughs> you scared me. The, your tone was like, ah, you're wrong. Yeah. <laughs> That's the professor voice. You, know? <laughs> you gotta, you gotta make people question themselves. Damn. All right, guys. So we're gonna wrap it up there. Thank you for listening. Please like, follow, and subscribe at Variant Bros. And please do check out our website at variantbros.com. Our uh, next uh, episode or issue, I should say, is Dark Ages number two. And movie review, Venom, There Will Be Carnage. Thank you for listening. I remember my first grail. I remember stealing a laptop. I remember when I had a laptop. Everything is fine. <laughs>